Lizheads Podcast. Lizheads Podcast. Hi, Rocky Clark here, uh, ex England international World Cup winner and Lizheads ambassador. <laughs> Rocky, how are you? It's um, it's great to see you. As always, first question on the podcast is, how are you out of 10? Um, out of 10, probably a highly functioning 7. So I'm nice. doing all right. I'm busy, but I'm doing all right. With our, with our partners, um, Talk Club, who bring that how are you out of 10 and they they sort of plaster that everywhere uh they're not allowed sevens so are you a 7.1 or are you a 6.9 oh okay um let's go let's go an 8.1 all right brilliant brilliant and um it's actually it's actually rocky clark mbe and maybe i maybe and i just wanted to ask what it's like to actually receive an mbe Oh, mate, it's properly class. Like, and my mum was just so proud when I um when I got the the letter. It had gone to my family home, and mum had gone rang me up and gone, "What have you done?" Um, and I was like, "What?" And she was like, "I've got something from um her royal highness." I was like, "Okay." She was like, "If you don't tell me wrong, are you going to prison?" I was like, "No." <laughs> what? <laughs> so uh, yeah, she panicked at the uh, letter. Um, uh, envelope. So actually, it was a good thing. It said I was invited to um, to Buckingham Palace to receive my MBE, which is very, very cool. Amazing. And uh, I've just hang on. We need to edit right. that. I didn't go to Buckingham Palace. I went to Windsor Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Might have to just keep. Might just have to keep that in. You know. Yeah. Oh God. Obviously, your nickname, or well, your name is Rocky. It's actually Rochelle. But where did Rocky, where did Rocky come from? Okay, so my mum calls me, or call me Shelley, um, short for Rochelle, Shelley. And at the time that I got my first cap, Shelley Ray was playing. So they were like, "We're not having two Shelleys. You need a nickname." Got my first cap in Canada in the Rockies, and hence Rocky came out of it. As did, um, uh, and it's short for Rochelle as well. So. Bonus both ways, really. Not because I'm a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> that works perfectly in the Rockies. Exactly, it's um, good, eh? What? What? That's a good question, actually. What's um? What's the best nickname you've heard in rugby? Oh, that's a very, very good one. Um, I've heard of a bloke called Carpet. Not <laughs> particularly sure why. Um, <laughs> I think they're the best ones when you don't actually yeah, know why. Just really random ones um yeah carpet that's that's probably up there I'm trying to think um think what else it's normally like short and nickname short and yeah. surnames quite often but yeah I think carpet's probably the the best one I've uh I've heard yeah I've got a good one one of my mates is called well we call him Kibi and it's because his mum is called Donna and then it goes Donna Kebab Kebab, Kibi. So we call him Kibi, which is just pathetic. Oh, I like it. Okay. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I reckon that's uh, that's one that we should uh, get the listeners on too. Uh, if anyone has any good rugby nicknames they'd like to share, send us a DM on Instagram. But of course, keep it clean. So one of the um, first components of the Loose Eds Clubhouse podcast, Rocky, is that the last guest has left you a question. And we had Tom Dunn on last week and he has asked a rugby-themed question. It doesn't have to be, but he just loves rugby so much. And he said, if you could play in any position, not just your own, what would it be? And if you could select anyone to play against, who would it be and why? Okay, good question. I like it. Um, it well, okay, so there's a few positions I wouldn't mind playing. So probably I'd love to be a number eight, and I've played it a couple of times and I didn't know what I was doing, but I absolutely loved it, just picking at the base of the scrum and running as hard as I can at people. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, or a crash centre, similar sort of thing. So they kind of blend into one. I'd like to have handling ability of a centre slash really good um, ball carrying eight abilities. But also, I do love a scrum half pass. Now, I'm far yeah. too slow to get around to to every ruck. So if I could share that with another another like 8.5 person that, you know, maybe we could do left and right on the pitch or something because I've got oh, a mean go. scrum half pass. However, I don't have the fitness of a nine and I'm as slow as a snail. However, you know, every other ruck I can make is fine. That's all right. I uh, I expected you to say 10. I'm not sure why. I think every prop fancies themselves as a 10, don't they? So Yeah. No, I love the Bosch a bit too much, but I have got a good nine pass. So, you know. Who would you play against? Oh, probably... Big, big Jill Burns, I think, um, ex-England captain and number eight Waterloo player from, and just an absolute stalwart of the game, uh, an amazing role model growing up. Like she was my absolute hero, um, and our, on our paths didn't cross on the rugby pitch, unfortunately. And I'd, I would have loved to have played her because she was just like a a woman mountain, such a leader, so aggressive, and like way ahead of her time in terms of skills and physicality and uh, strength. So, yeah, definitely her and, and her leadership ability, for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Waterloo there. I think um, it was one of the teams that we played was was Waterloo, and it's the only place I remember where you have to run through the bar when you've got changed. So you do you, you, you get changed and you have to run through the bar to get to the pitch. But a bonus on the way back in, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, talking about the bar, we should, something we should uh, probably tell the listeners early on in this podcast, or maybe I just want to say it because I sound quite cool by saying it, but we went on the piss together a few weeks ago. <laughs> we did indeed. It was a lot of fun and I was, I felt it for a couple of days. I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh be uh, sensitive about that it was a great night and it was a lunchtime we met at a lunchtime event didn't yeah. we a lunchtime dinner thing and I was the last person to leave the bar um <laughs> as it shut at like midnight or half midnight missed my train home 150 pound um taxi home so yeah that was that was an expensive night even though it was free drinks ironically talking about taxis actually there I uh, saw you posted across social media earlier so just for the listeners rocky thought she was getting into a taxi at 7am this morning but just can you can you explain the story rocky oh it was so embarrassing um so bleary eyed i was off to um sky studios um to do some prep stuff and uh i saw the cab outside my house so trotted up to this white car opened the door got in and uh, i was like taxi for michelle and she's looking at me like eh? and i'm like yeah, you're going to Isleworth? And she's like, no. 
Um, and then I saw as her face had dropped, I was like, oh, God, you're not a taxi, are you? She was like, no. I was like, I got out. I was like, so sorry. Shut the door and scarfed. I was so embarrassed. Um, so, yeah, that was my, my fun wake-up call this morning for sure. So mortified. That's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And yeah, I, just to come back to, to that day and that lunch event, I uh, I also felt so rough the next day. Honestly, I was um, hopping around coffee shops the next day in London, you know, after, after meetings. And the lesson is uh, don't go on the piss with Rocky Clark if you want a productive day the next day. Yeah, well, but if you want the best time, go on the piss with Rocky Clark, right? There you go. There you go. You did say that. You wanted to go on another night out with me. So let's line that up. Yeah, um, let's we do had it. A, we had a race of who can down a pint the quickest, and I reckon I reckon if I say it's a draw, people are going to think that I lost, but I, d- I genuinely think it was a draw. Okay, interesting. Well, a rematch. Maybe yeah, we'll get it posted out. One of, the, one of the components on this podcast as well is that every guest who comes on the podcast, we ask them to do a challenge in honor of the Loose Heads podcast. So, for example, Tom Dunn, okay. we've asked him to do a butcher chop when he next scores because he's opened his own butchers. Uh, Jacob Umaga also did a, a football celebration. And Rocky, I reckon we clip this up on social media and then we can see who, who downs the pint the quickest. Okay, we're going to go water or squash or something. Yeah, of course, yeah. I should probably say here, please drink responsibly. Yes, but yeah, definitely. Squash, squash. So coming on to talk a little bit about rugby, which is uh, what Lucid is all about, rugby and mental health. It would be silly if we didn't start with the obvious, and that's the big tournament that's happening on the other side of the world in New Zealand at the moment, the Rugby World Cup. Just how good has the last month of rugby been? Oh, it's been incredible, hasn't it? And, you know, I think rugby is is changing forever at the moment, but to, to see how much support they've got. And obviously they're over in New Zealand, so the, the kickoff times are horrendous for us back here in, in England, but people are setting their alarms at three o'clock in the morning to watch watch the game. There's such an army of Red Roses supporters and the, the women's game has just evolved. Like you, you look at New Zealand's back three, those yeah. girls are absolute dynamite. And um, you compare that to England's like set piece, England's more where they're scoring try after try after try off of it and it's just been such a phenomenal tournament for brilliant skill set high drama um, excitement both semi-finals were absolutely nail-biting France probably should have been in the final could have been in the final so a real disappointment yeah. for them and also Canada Canada pushed England really closely so it could have been a, a very different story but what the best thing about that is women's rugby is on the rise and it's starting to get the support it deserves. And we just need to keep banging that drum and making sure the yeah. women are supported. And, you know, whether it's grassroots or international, we're getting behind our women and girls teams. Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you, actually, because obviously you've played in four World Cups. Um, just how much has it changed since 2006? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So in 2006, we were in Edmonton, Canada, and we got this like rubbish hotel and we had to share it with with joe public which is fine but um our hotel all the rooms were on the outside perimeter of um of like this empty space you looked down and it was the bar and like reception and stuff like that so it was so the night before the final there was like a massive wedding or party or something on so we're all still wide awake at 12 one o'clock where's this party's going on so that what that wasn't ideal and we were in Edmonton and some people nicknamed it Edmonton because there wasn't a lot to do there and we didn't have any um 
any transport or things like that. So we had to come up with things to do ourselves and, and keep ourselves entertained. So I invented room wars. So we uh, would compete against each other doing silly challenges. I love a challenge. Um, so silly challenges like, uh, I don't know, throwing stocks into a bin. You have 10 shots. How many get in? Oh, I compared. love that. So be me and Kerry, my roommate or whoever my roommate was, and then it'd be, um, right, next per- next room do it and then the losers have to do a challenge uh sorry a forfeit so some of these forfeits were like uh nail a spoonful of cinnamon and then you'd choke and cough and spit up black and you'd have it coming out your eyes ears and nose for days other ones was um people would nick stuff from the breakfast things so at one stage i had like dirty old fish um (laughs) chocolate muffin with cheese and like some coffee in it as well and that was just rank and yeah it was um some some really fun times um one of the events which i wouldn't recommend but um i can talk about it now we had a challenge where you had to down loads of water and it was the first person to wee that lost so we were all like (laughs) bent over like not weeing uh yeah it was just like and then we had to do like down ups and squat jumps and things like that. Really try and make yourself need a wee. And uh, yeah, it was just funny. Some of the shenanigans we got up to. I, I love the sound of uh, of room room wars. And um, I, I just I, the, the question was, you know, how, how much has it changed? And do you not think that the team right now are playing room wars as we speak? How did I even get to room wars from that? <laughs> I um I know they do they do some games like who has to like make cup of teas or um pick up all the cones and things like that. I I don't I don't know if Room War still lives on. I'd like to think it yeah. left with me, but they're just tame yeah. nowadays. Just tame. Yeah, all babies. Yeah, so but in answer to the question, we had no support, not as many facilities and um yeah, resources. Uh, and then now you look at it, you know who every player is on the team. I think I'm probably more famous now I've retired than I was back as a, as a, you know, a World Cup player back in the day. So that, um, that just shows you how different it's evolved and obviously the amount of people playing and all that and the skill level has just rocketed and strength and conditioning. The, you just got to look at team photo from 2006 to now. You can't really tell who's what position as much whereas back then you could really tell who the props were and who the skinny wingers were and stuff like that so yeah, yeah it's quite uh, quite a change yeah and it helps with uh with also the documentary that went live a few weeks ago uh, in preparation for the world cup you know uh, shining a spotlight on actual individuals and, and building their own personal brand as well which has been absolutely amazing yeah I think it's been incredible women's sport this year particularly like the red roses have been getting record crowds and breaking them like every week to different um, venues that they've played at but uh, for me I, I'm I love how behind much everyone got behind um, the women's football the euros yeah and now they're getting behind uh, women's rugby league women's rugby union it's just great we just need to celebrate women's sport get behind it, bang the drum, look after each other, tweet about it, um, good luck messages, uh, share share stuff on social media. And it's so easy now that we, we you know, I know I know half the team in the women's rugby league, the wheelchair rugby, the, the men's rugby league. Like, so I'm learning and I'm absolutely loving it. It's the same with the women's football. You know, I have all those role models now and, and love the game. So it's just great to get new fans and, 
and to get behind each other and see women's sport just do so well. And, and rugby is definitely on that trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you said about social media there. I put a linked up LinkedIn post up just earlier today, just saying, you know, women's rugby isn't just knocking on the door; it's bashing the door down, and it's provided new global superstars, dazzling rugby, which has been absolutely insane to watch, and it's it's inspired fans across the world. What's what's been your favourite part so far? Uh, I would say the quality of the games in the semi final for me has been yeah. Yeah, absolutely like ridiculous. I haven't seen a game as good as that in years. It was phenomenal and like, you know, edge of the seat stuff. Couldn't call it absolute drama at the end with a missed kick and and the um the cards that they've given away. And then it's great and I'm a big advocate that that England are pushed that they you know, yeah. obviously I want England to win, but I don't want them to win by 80 points. I want them to to just win. I want games to be competitive and, you know, it could go either way. And I'm sure every spectator would like like that as well. I don't think it's the best advert for, for rugby when there's such a difference in ability, but, but having such tight, exciting games, I think is the perfect advert. And yeah, I'm just buzzing from it. I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, and your, your dear friend, uh, Sarah Hunter, has just become the most capped England player, surpassing your 137 caps. Absolutely phenomenal to get that many international caps. And you were the first to congratulate her on your social media as well. Yeah, I was. Like, she's she's such a good friend. And and I remember being there for her first cap and seeing, seeing this young, shy Northern lass come in. And then Rocky Clark takes her under the wing. Uh, after the first tournament, Six Nation tournament, me and her go on the beers, and it was like carnage and brilliant, um, a lot of fun, and we've we've been really good friends ever since. And you know, there's nobody I'd rather take the baton from me and pass it over to her because she's she's so dedicated. She is such an old lady. Uh, she uses all the tape in the physio room. She's the worst dancer, but she's a great athlete, a great teammate, and an excellent leader. Small part of you that dislikes her for taking it away, surely. It's tiny. Uh, It's all right. It's all right. I dined out on it for six years, so it's all good. It's all good. And records are there to be be broken, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And um, I'm guessing we we spoke about your favourite part being the semi-final, but it will be if England get the win this weekend. That that that'll surely be your favourite part of the of the tournament. What what should we expect from? The final. Well, I'm hoping it's as exciting as the semis. Uh, sometimes finals don't live up to that expectation because, like, let's be honest, if England, if England guaranteed winning three 0 or New Zealand guaranteed winning three 0 they'd take it, wouldn't they? Like, as long as you get the most points, then then you're you're wearing the uh, wearing the medals. So, um, I think I think we can expect two very very different playing styles. I think. New Zealand are going to come at it with high tempo, shifting the ball around. They love their offloading game, big forwards. They don't want to create any rucks. They want to get it to their speedsters out wide. Their Porsche Woodmans, Ruby Tuies, who've been absolutely class this World Cup and, and scoring tries for days. England, on the other hand, they have got plenty of talent in their back line, but they rely more on their set piece. They get into the game with their, with their driven line out, their scrums. They they like to play a lot of territory, so they like to play in the other the other team's half. But England need to be super careful not to kick it to their back three because they will absolutely be deadly under under that high ball and, and attacking back. So England's defence versus New Zealand's attack, um, yeah. and 
one's going to be a bit more clinical and one's going to be a bit more risk reward. So, you know, I think if depending on the, what the weather conditions are as well, that's going to play a big part, whether New Zealand can chuck the ball about or not. Um, but certainly it does promise to be a really good matchup. Yeah. Yeah. We've got two loose heads ambassadors playing and I'll say best of luck to them both now. So Stacey Flula for the Black Ferns and, and Sadia Kabea from the, from the Red Roses as well. Both have impressed throughout the, the tournament and, um, one team will come away winners. Um, only one team can win. And you've been there. Uh, what's it like to win the World Cup? What's it like when that full-time whistle goes? I, I tell you what. So for me, it was third time lucky. So I'd, we'd yep. lost twice in the final to New Zealand. And those first two times were horrific. First time was like no other pain I've ever had. Like it was the worst heartbreak ever. And you're just like shell shocked. Second time, it was horrific, but I'd been there and I was watching all the the new the youngsters whose first time it was to lose it. It was terrible. So third time lucky, I'd have put my house on that we'd have won in 2010. We didn't. We lost by three points, which was horrific. And then um, played in 2014. Hadn't been playing that well, but we did have like the, the game of all games uh, in the semi-final against Ireland. We absolutely blew them away. And Ireland had just beaten New Zealand. So we, we were very scared playing them, but we were so motivated and we just, every, everything clicked. Everyone had the best game. Then we played, obviously, Canada in the final. And and even when we were up, I think, 21-9, Scarrett had just gone over, scored the try. There was only like two minutes left. So we weren't going to lose because they'd have to score two tries within like two minutes. But I still, the panic on my face, because I I played the whole game then. You only had one prop sub. I was having a heart attack, as it was, as you can imagine. But um, when that final whistle went, I just I just dropped to my knees, and the re- it was relief. And it was like choky, like cry, ugly crying tears. Like, oh, my God, we fucking done it. Like I was like, ah. And then the exhilar- exhilaration and passion and just happiness just went, but the first bit was like, thank fuck. The last 10 years have been, we've been, I've been trying to do this for the last 10 years. Yeah. Now I've done it. I've actually done it. Like what else is there to achieve? Oh my God. So yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing. I, I actually watched, uh, just before we jumped on, I, uh, I watched a little video of an interview that you did and it was, it showed a little, um, a little clip of that moment where you all sort of dropped to your knees and, and it's, it, it was an amazing moment. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing. I can imagine there were a few messy nights after that as well. Um, who from that squad is the best on the piss? Oh, very good question. Um, Kate McLean is really fun on the piss. Um, a lot of them jumped in the pool about 4am fully clothed. Um, like Marley Packer, you'll yeah. either get arrested or have the best night or maybe it'll be both. Um, <laughs> uh, like Alex Matthews was a young pup, but like, yeah, it just it's just so nice because we've been so focused and everyone had like pretty much given up drinking before and, and like everyone just let loose Tamara Taylor just she's yeah. like old head like really good lass on the beers um trying to think of any of the fun backs um <laughs> they're all forwards yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they're all my forward bodies really Sophie Hemming Hemming just loses all her inhibition it's just so fun it's, it was it was such a such a good crack yeah and once you once you came home there was some pretty special perks as well that came that came with that too you're invited to Wimbledon was that in the royal box yes it was it was amazing I went to Wimbledon 
uh, Windsor Races, Celine Dion concert, uh, Lady wow. Gaga. So, my forwards coach said I'd go to the opening of an envelope if I got invited to it, and he's probably right. Um, yeah, well, I, I dined down out on that for quite a while, for sure. The Looseheads Clubhouse podcast is sponsored by two wonderful organisations. Days, non-alcoholic beer, 100% beer, 0% alcohol, brewed in Scotland and B Corp certified. 2% of their sales go towards progressive mental health initiatives. It's beer for doing and great for active people and opening up conversations. They have just launched in Wagamama's and Tesco. It tastes great and they've provided us with a special discount just for you. Enter code LOOSEHEADS20 for 20% off at checkout. And 4-5, CBD and vitamin brand created by professional rugby players George Cruz and Dom Day after suffering injuries during their playing careers. They have thousands of athlete customers and are the official wellness partner to Leicester Tigers and Saracens. You can find them in Boots, Next and Tesco. And exciting news, they have just launched their hydration tablet. They too have provided us with a bespoke discount code. Enter code LH20 for 20% off over at their website. 45.com we spoke a little bit last week about selection and injury with tom dunn which are two topics we do quite you know talk quite a lot about at loose heads but something i'd love to ask you about and i've i've actually asked you this question before but you know it's about retirement just just how difficult is is retirement yeah i'm not gonna lie and it's something that we really don't talk about enough and it's something that i was not prepared for everyone said oh you're really going to struggle in retirement i was like nah I was like, well, at least I don't have to get up and do fitness testing two days after New Year and, you know, I can eat what I want and drink what I want, blah, blah, blah. But actually, it it was one of the worst periods of my life. And um, three years ago, I hit rock bottom and and I'd struggled a bit of anxiety towards the end of my career and, and didn't realise that I was struggling with it beforehand. But, yeah, it really hit me in 2016. And then... Um, so retired in 2018, had that kind of year of just getting through, starting to feel worse and worse. No, you feel like you've got no identity, no purpose, nothing to train for. And I really struggled because I trained six days a week. Like I've always been a really dedicated athlete um, once I got my opportunity and got in the squad and stuff. So that was that was really hard. It cost me like relationships and it was it was really really hard and and still now to this day I still struggle but it's it's a lot better and with the help of um you know different organizations that can help you and and knowing myself a lot more and being able to talk to people whereas I didn't I didn't talk to people before I didn't I didn't know it was it was a thing but honestly like I I feel sorry for for those that I know that are coming up to sort of retirement and and I just wonder how much help they've had and um i certainly want to be somebody that can help them once they've retired and let them know there is light and there is opportunities and other things you can do because i just then started looking for my next thing so i got into cycling to rowing and then into crossfit and then but one of the biggest lifesavers for me was getting my dogs and, and having them smile make me smile every day and getting out in the sunshine and and walking them has just been, yeah, so good. And and getting help and talking to people, reaching out. So yeah, it's yeah. it's really tough. And whenever your last game is, whether it's your your you know grassroots or an elite or international, you 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 will struggle and it will be hard. But make sure you talk to people about it because you now I've got my old crony club now. Well, there's loads of us that are retired and we meet up every so often and have a few beers and great old crack. So. 
yeah, there is uh, there's definitely perks to retiring too. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You used two words there that Tom Dunn used, and they were identity and purpose. And he used them for when talking about selection and injury. But we can also use those two words when we're talking about retirement as well. Which you know, those three topics are something that we try and do a lot of work around at Lucids, um, and we we sort of talk about uh, retirement now as a sort of plan A. Uh, so rugby players not using the term plan B, it's it's actually part of plan A. Rugby is obviously plan A, but what, whatever comes next after rugby needs to be included yeah. in that plan A as well. So we're going to be doing a lot more work around that to, to sort of educate younger players so that it's not a conversation when you're when you're in your 30s. It's 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 something that's when you're in your in your early 20s or even earlier than that. It's 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 planning and, and preparation and, and you're keen to to pave, you know, your, your own pathway into uh, punditry and commentary uh, and that world uh, which is something you're doing right now just explain a little bit about about that journey yeah it's been um it's, it's been a crazy journey but something I, I absolutely love rugby whether I'm coaching playing talking about it um but for me I've I've found this this little area that I'm absolutely loving and, and do you know what I still get the buzz when I go and do punditry or commentary or go and do player appearances or after dinner speeches that kind of thing I I love it because I like showing my personality and people actually getting the authentic Rocky I'll swear I'll tell you the truth I'll probably be a bit brutal but you know you know what you get with me and um and I've just I've just yeah I've I've now decided I've I've finished um finished a couple of jobs about four or five months ago and I've gone I'm going to chase this and I'm really scared about it because I might not make it but I'm go- I'm going to chase it, and I did that with rugby, right? So why why not do it in this and see if I can make it? See if I can be the next Maggie Alfonsi or Nolly Waterman and and be somebody that people want to want to have talking about rugby and my expertise. Obviously, I've been around the block a few times, and uh, and I'm most of the time know what I'm talking about, even if I pretend on uh, when it's back stuff or kicking, but you know, blag it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see how we go with it, but that's, um, that's certainly happened. I'm doing some radio stuff at the moment um, and some rugby league stuff at the, their world cup and a few, few games here and there doing the commentary. So yeah, watch this space. Hopefully I'll be out on a screen near you. And I was speaking to Nolly the other day and she actually mentioned about having the buzz a really good friend of yours isn't she but you know having that buzz um it feels like you know that 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 buzz when you you when you're out playing and and missing it but actually getting into something else and and finding that new passion is is uh, what it's all about and like you said there working on the the rugby rugby league world cup and and talk sport for the autumn nation series as well yeah i've been really lucky i've been doing some commentary with with ben kay and i did some stuff the other day Ugo Monier and some of those are uh, big names and did some filming with Maggie and Katie and stuff. So it's been going really well. So I've just I've just got to make sure that I keep plugging away, keep chasing the dreams, and then hopefully I climb up that mountain. Yeah, absolutely. And you were on BT Sport recently too with your loose head stop on, wearing the post with pride. Apart from coming on the piss with me, why is it that you wanted to jump on board and be a part of of the Lucids family? Uh, well, apart from obviously your your lovely self and and <laughs> good ways on the beers, um, nah, it was um, it was easy, no brainer for me. Any way I can give back because I'm I've been so lucky to have my life massively enhanced by playing rugby, making friends for life, 
I want to help people not get into the state that I got into or or can I can I inspire people can I be a role model to actually speak out or go and get help and and for me I wish I'd done it a lot earlier and maybe I wouldn't have got to the rock bottom that I did so for me it's about you know being brave and and being a role model for other people to see actually yeah I I can go and get help it's not a sign of weakness because initially years ago I thought it was I thought I was being weak like being scared or anxious or worried or depressed and I I tried to hide it and and now I just own it and yet sometimes I don't feel great but I know what to do to help me to come back and and actually I find it's really important to to talk to people who've been through it as well and people that that know know you and know what what a good day looks like for you and what a bad day looks like for you and talking it out massively massively helps and if I can do that yeah. then I've uh, I've done my job right yeah absolutely and yet you've I mean you've spoken a lot in the past few years about some of the struggles that you've had throughout your career and it's like you said there it's only been in the last couple of years where you've really started to share those stories and um, just for the listeners we've been working with our friends at SPC 13 studios recently on some exciting content where we've been having deep raw powerful conversations with some of the superstars in the game and Rocky we spoke with you and your videos coming out actually later this week and we've had chats with Nolly Waterman, George Cruz, Craig Doyle and Maggie Alfonsi as well to come in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out on that. You mentioned there, Rocky, that rugby obviously means so much and you've said it quite a lot, but rugby, you, you know, you said rugby changed my life. Um, explain a little bit about that comment and why you think anyone listening to this that isn't involved in rugby should get involved in rugby. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, you know, I would have been happy like going down to my local club and making friends. Like at 16, I, I was... I I didn't have much confidence. Uh, I was a bit sort of larger uh, size, shall we say, and I'd always like sort of trying to blend into the background. Whereas when I went and played rugby, I, I instantly had fourteen new friends, and they loved me, and they wanted, you know, I was a, a star of the, of the show because actually, if they passed the ball to me, I could run through people and. And to be celebrated for my size, um, whereas normally I might have been last pick in in PE, actually I was one of the first picks. I want Rocky on my side. And that that just what it did for my confidence and um, just my social skills, being able to make friends and, and be myself. And, I, and I, I just wasn't. I was just like in, in baggy clothes and hiding and, and didn't want to I didn't want to stand out or you know, but sort of be noticed. Whereas, you know, I'm a bit of a show off now when I'm uh, out on the, on the rugby pitch or uh, in a bar or something like, you know, I love, I love expressing myself and what you see is what you get with me. And, and I was just so pleased that rugby gave me that opportunity. Obviously I've traveled the world. I've made amazing, amazing friends. My, I've made my family, friends, partners proud. And I'm just so, so glad I got that opportunity to, to represent my country it was such an honor um but you know I've I've thrown myself into any anything if I end up playing rugby when I'm 65 I've thrown myself into that club and the honor to pull on that shirt will still be just the same as whether I or my first Beaconsfield jersey my England jersey or my Saracens top or you know whatever level I play but you know this this isn't the end of Rocky yet for on a rugby pitch but certainly will be slowing down <laughs> amazing and inspiration rugby means so much to you i know you do uh, a lot of coaching as well and, and passing on that wisdom and that's exactly what you're doing as well by being a loose heads ambassador and um sharing sharing your story which um 
we can't thank you enough. Um, just to bring it on to the final couple of components on the podcast. So the first one of those is a bit of a weird one, um, but I know you like a bit of weird. Pensive. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pensive Pre-Pod Poo Ponder, and it's sponsored by Sam James, who plays for Sale. And his ponder this week is, are seagulls getting more comfortable around humans? Okay, that's a fair ponder, and I I probably say yes. Yeah, are you, you going to go with a yes? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I've had the poxy things nick like sandwiches out my hands and stuff. I was raging. It took my food. I'm a prop. That's what I want. Poxy seagull flying in and swooping and nabbing it. It's my lunch. <laughs> to be fair, living in Bristol, I appreciate I appreciate that. I I think yeah, hundred percent. I'd agree with that ponder uh one swoop down the other day actually for my tesco meal deal actually thinking about it and uh i, d- yeah. I didn't it didn't get it so i was i was quite protective over it so um... i um i know this is this is a kind well it's a funny story my 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 friend vince who lived in exeter he he got he got this um cornish pasty and he was so excited it was like six quid and he was ready to eat it and his can of coke sat by the side of and this this um, seagull swooped in, took the whole thing and flew off. He was so angry. He then picked up his can of Coke and threw it on the floor and it bounced back <laughs> and spat everywhere. So not only did he lost his food, lost his, um, lost his can of Coke and it was sprayed all over him and six quid. And I was just wetting myself. <laughs> I was dying. So bless him. Bloody seagulls, eh? Um, the final question for me is, well, it's, it's what is your question for the next guest? Oh. Okay, nice. Um, well, do you know what? I was thinking of this earlier, but not for this, for something random. Um, so maybe I knew this was coming. So I want to know what is your favourite topping on a uh, savoury uh, pancake and favourite topping on a sweet pancake? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Go on, you answer it as well, just just for the listeners. Okay, so sweet uh, Nutella, it, like yeah. bags of Nutella. I might have a token bags, little bit of like... Bags of Nutella. Yeah, oh, yeah I want to have a moustache, a beard. I want it dripping down me like, like, yeah, pretty, pretty glutinous. Um, and maybe to be healthy, maybe some little strawberries, maybe a little yeah, sliver banana. of banana. But banana, yeah. It's a bit, a very small bit. It's, it's a bit yeah. nothingy. It's like to make my mum feel you know happy that i've had some fruit yeah make your mum proud yeah i want i want to roll it up and i want to drip um savory i want cheese bacon and um i'm thinking celery or is that a bit weird i think maybe just cheese and bacon would do to make your mum proud (laughs) uh yeah maybe the celery would make mum proud yeah come on then you answer it what would you have oh but I, do you know what? It's made me think because I went to, I think it was when I was in Bratislava. The only reason I went to Bratislava was because it was a cheap flight to get to somewhere else. Is that and, a place? Um, I thought it was like the name of a <laughs> jar of food or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just the capital of Slovakia. Oh, you haven't um, just read it on an ingredients list on the back of something? No, no. Oh, okay. And I, I went there with a couple of mates and um, there was a pancake bar that we went to. So you could nice. get absolutely anything. To be fair, one of the uh, ones that I tried at this restaurant was bolognese in a pancake, which was quite oh, actually offensive. quite nice. Well, was it? Because yeah, I, I have nice. tried um, uh, chili con carne on a waffle at <laughs> St. Albans Waffle House, and that was epic. So I can kind of see that. 
Yeah, so I'd, I'd go with that because I thought that was quite nice. And then I think I'd I'd go pretty similar with you with uh, bags of Nutella and banana. Yeah, and it's coming up to nice. um, coming up to the Christmas markets time, which is. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say pancake day. Then I was like, mate, you're like four months early. <laughs> but Christmas markets, yes, they do great yeah. crepes, don't they? They do. They do. That's the one. Yeah, amazing, brilliant. Th- thank you, Rocky, for for jumping on for a chat. You you really are a superstar, and I enjoy listening to you speak. I've said that to you before, but I really do. You're a role model. Yeah, but that was when you were drunk. <laughs> You're a role model, the perfect ambassador for loose heads. And thanks just for being you. So thank you for coming on for a chat. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me, bud. me clara nielsen from the exit chiefs women on the recorder and you're listening to the loose heads podcast